0: The longer you hang on to your legacy, fossil fuel infrastructure, the slower progress is going to be in your country. And the slower your company is gonna transition into the future because I can tell you this, young people will not accept your way of doing business if you don't clean up your act. They're gonna choose other newer companies that live in harmony with nature.
1: Traditional corporate practices got us to a life threatening climate and unjust society. Changing this trajectory needs bold solutions from diverse thinkers. Welcome to Impact Reimagined, the podcast that helps you discover and envision a future where humanity's greatest problems are solved. I am Dr. Noah Gaffney, Executive Director of the Rutgers Institute for Corporate Social Innovation, and your host. 2023 biopic Tetris. Hank Rogers, a young entrepreneur, risks everything to bring the video game Tetris to the world stage. In the film, Hank's confidence in the game is questioned by his family and investors. He responds, technology is the future. And if we do this, we are in control. More than 30 years later, Hank holds the same trust in modern technology. But now his mission is focused on the climate crisis we face. Today, Hank is the founder of the Blue Planet Foundation, a Hawaii-based nonprofit that implements renewable energy technology. Renewable energy is cheaper, more efficient, and sustainable. Yet some companies, especially fossil fuel giants, resist this change in fear of losing profit. But Hank believes that by implementing renewable energy models, businesses can actually save money while looking after our planet. In today's episode, Hank explains how we can move past the age-old use of fossil fuels. Before becoming a climate change activist, Hank was a trailblazer in the video game industry. He licensed to Nintendo the now legendary video game Tetris.
0: I started traveling around the world looking for games to bring to Japan. So I would go to trade shows. Tetris went on to become a big hit for me in Japan. I got on a plane to the Soviet Union and managed to license the rights to Tetris from the Soviet Union and license those to Nintendo for Game Boy. That was my, the beginning of my Tetris career.
1: But Hank's life changed forever in 2005 when he faced a nearly fatal heart attack.
0: In the ambulance, I said to myself, no, I'm not going, I still have stuff to do. And that led me to find my missions in life.
1: Hank set out to end the usage of carbon-based fuel.
0: In the recovery room, After my heart attack, I was reading the newspaper, and in the back of the newspaper, there was an article that says, oh, by the way, we're going to kill all the coral in the world by the end of the century. And I thought, what? What's causing that? And it's ocean acidification. What's causing that is carbon dioxide being absorbed into the ocean. What's causing that? We are. And I said, okay, we're going to end the use of carbon-based fuel. That's it, full stop. Because I don't believe we're allowed to kill all the coral in the world. That just... You know, if you think that that is a thing that's acceptable, you're wrong. Because maybe it's not going to happen in your lifetime, but it'll happen in your children's lifetime and your grandchildren. And if you don't do anything about it, if you didn't do anything about it by the end of your life, that's the way I looked at my life, yeah, that would mean I was a failure and I didn't want to be a failure.
1: This led him to start the Blue Planet Foundation in Hawaii. The nonprofit helps organizations and communities shift from carbon-based fuel to renewable energy.
0: First of all, let's stop generating electricity using coal, oil, and gas. That's a clear thing that we can do. And I was living in Hawaii at the time, so I said, "Okay, before I ask other people to clean their room, I've got to clean my room." The
1: foundation got Hawaii to mandate a 100% renewable energy policy by 2045. It was the first U.S. state to do so, becoming a model for climate solutions.
0: 2045 was a compromise. The politicians were ready to give us 2050. We wanted 2040. We settled for 2045. By the way, Hawaii is on track. We are so on track. Now, we went from spending $6 billion a year on fossil fuel. Coal, we ended last year. The last coal fire power plant in Hawaii went down. And we passed another law saying, we'll never again use coal as a source for making electricity. But that's $5 billion a year on oil. Where does that go? 30% is jet fuel, 30% is ground transportation, 40% the bunker oil goes to make electricity. That's still $2 billion a year. Now, what we did once we passed the mandate, it was very interesting because the electric company fought us tooth and nail. They said, it's impossible. And six months after when they came out and publicly said, you know what, it's possible. We actually looked at it and we think we can accomplish this by 2040. It's like, oh my gosh, where have you guys been? And I believe that this is electric companies and people around the world that believe it can't be done and therefore whatever reason. And we more recently, and this is a couple of years ago, we passed another law, changing the business model of the utility, which is a monopoly in Hawaii. Their old business model is, they make 10% on top of the price of oil. Price of oil to them is 25 cents per kilowatt hour. So they make two and a half cents. The cost of renewable energy, wind and solar, and storage is 12 cents. So they can make three cents on the 12 cents and they're making more money. And the cost of electricity to the consumer is almost half. So that is the future, not only for Hawaii, but every island country. Every island in the world is importing fossil fuel. It's ridiculous.
1: Islands are disproportionately affected by climate change, with sea levels rising and extreme tide events.
0: I went to Tuvalu and they said, if you want to talk to us about climate change, you got to talk fast because we're not going to be around 40 years from now. Sea level rise, just in by itself, is going to wipe out a bunch of islands. And there's so many islands that were never in the typhoon belt or the hurricane belt, whatever you want to call it, that are now targets. Again, case in point is Hawaii. We used to have a couple of hurricanes that formed somewhere near Mexico and worked their way to Hawaii. We now have five, six times more named hurricanes heading to Hawaii than we used to. And so every island just by the weather is being clobbered. And it's really not their fault because they're not the ones who created all that carbon dioxide. That's the industrialized countries of the world, you know? And basically all that wealth that was created in the wealthy countries in the world, that wealth needs to be turned into fixing the problem that they've caused. They cannot expect the problems to be solved by everybody else. They have to solve the problem. And that includes us. That means the United States. It means Europe. It means China. All the places that are now industrial Japan. We have to stop burning stuff to make energy.
1: Through clean energy initiatives, the foundation is on pace to reach Hawaii's 2045 goal. While 22 other U.S. states have adopted similar legislation, Hank's focus is on small islands.
0: Last year, we made agreements with Palau, Tonga, Tuvalu, and Guam, which is not a country, but it's still an island. And the idea is to get the ball rolling through the world because we got the ball rolling in the United States. After we passed the mandate in Hawaii, 22 other states now have similar goals to Hawaii, starting with California, also has 100% renewable by 2045. Basically, it's a cut-and-paste job to get our legislation into other states. Out of that 22, that includes... California, Illinois, and uh, New York. So we're over 50% of the people in this country now are living under a mandate, but it hasn't done the same thing outside. So now I'm actively working on outside to get the domino effect working, starting with island countries and then moving to small countries and bigger and bigger, and eventually China and India.
1: Adopting renewable energy models is both efficient and sustainable. Yet organizations are still using fossil fuels, which is actually more expensive.
0: The experts, meaning including all the engineers and all the utilities everywhere, they look backwards, what they've learned in school, and then their entire business experience, and that all is all about the way things were, not the way things need to be in the future. So they don't have that vision of making the change. They're like, our job is providing electricity to everyone, (laughs) and we'll do it however we can without thinking that there are other ways that we could do this. There are other pathways. Wind and solar are definitely cheaper. I mean, if you go to Texas, I've heard that Texas is buying wind from sources at less than two cents per kilowatt hour. There is no fossil fuel that can go down there. There's no way. Wind and solar is getting cheaper. Fossil fuel is getting more expensive as it becomes harder to find and more difficult to mine or to drill for it's going to get more expensive that's all there is to it the low hanging put a pipe in the ground and let the oil gush out those days are gone everything is more expensive these days and then we're talking about offshore drilling the complication of doing that is just insane and then the world what are we thinking we subsidize oil gas and coal to the tune of seven trillion dollars a year if we want to save this planet, we need to subsidize renewable energy at $7 trillion a year. At least put us on a level playing ground. And we just need to get our incentives right.
1: Modern technology allows businesses to use renewable energy in a cheaper way. Organizations need to be faster at taking on the challenge.
0: If you just listen and look for the technologies that are already there and that are coming down the pike, you will become more profitable as a company and as a country by switching to renewables. The longer you hang on to your legacy fossil fuel infrastructure, the longer you do this, the slower progress is going to be in your country and the slower your company is going to transition into the future. Because I can tell you this, Young people will not accept your way of doing business if you don't clean up your act. They're going to choose other newer companies that live in harmony with nature. I believe that we must learn how to live. Humanity needs to learn how to live in harmony with nature. If we don't do it, we're not going to be around. Nature is going to get rid of us. (laughs) You know, the planet is our room. And we have to breathe the air. We have to drink the water and we have to make sure it's maintained.
1: After working on the Blue Planet Foundation for eight years, Hank founded a second organization, Blue Planet Energy. The company provides reliable solar based battery storage systems for businesses and communities.
0: I actually had no intention of starting another company, but I did. I have an energy storage company now. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to create another problem to solve the problem that's the problem. So by switching to batteries, batteries is, you know, arguably a good thing, but there are many battery chemistries that are like environmentally nasty. There's plenty of renewable energy sources that don't require nasty chemicals. So the batteries that I'm working with are lithium ferrous phosphate lithium iron phosphate benign chemicals they don't need a cooling system they're a little bit heavier than the nmc batteries so they won't find their way into your phone but they will find their way into your car so the future of mobility is going to be more and more environmentally friendly battery or storage systems
1: the blue planet team has already seen the positive impact of these energy solutions. For example, after Hurricane Maria, they equipped more than 100 Puerto Rican schools with solar energy battery systems. According to Hank, misinformation is what has prevented business leaders from taking renewable energy seriously. This has become a roadblock on what should be a fast-paced journey of innovation.
0: If you just listen to the IPCC it's a body set up by the United Nations that involves thousands of scientists from around the world that are doing research into this, you will find what's actually going on. Now, there's a handful of scientists that are being paid by the fossil fuel industry that will disagree. Come on, it should be easy to understand that if you listen to, I don't know, the 97 or 98% of the scientists, which is pretty much all of the IPCC, you will find out what's going on. And you need to act on that.
1: Hank doesn't want organizations to merely hope for a carbon-free future. He wants them to know technology will allow us to achieve this goal.
0: We can absolutely fix climate change. The power is in our hands. All we have to do is do it. And, you know, if you go back to my experience in Hawaii... We went from it's impossible to of course we're doing this. And that's the, what ha- needs to happen in the rest of the world. You know, I think you could say that the biggest thing that we did in Hawaii is we put Hawaii on track to 100% renewable energy. But what we actually did is we changed the minds of the people from no, we can't to of course we are. This word impossible is not true. It's not impossible. The guy who was sitting next to me who said, it's impossible for Hawaii to go 100%. That's not true. It's possible. Not only it's possible, but it's totally doable. You just got to change your mindset from, oh, I can't do that to, yeah, I can. We shouldn't be like dog paddling, hoping that somebody's going to come and save us. No one is going to come and save you. We have to save ourselves. And we all have a part to play in this. This is not something where a government or the United Nations is going to get it all done for us. No, it doesn't work that way. We, the United people, have to rise up and say, no, we're not putting up with this anymore. We are not going to destroy our environment with carbon dioxide. We are not going to do this.
1: Adopting renewable energy models is something businesses don't need to wait to do. Leaders have a choice to make continue with old unsustainable models, or use technology to build a safer planet. I hope this episode inspired you to do the latter. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to Impact Reimagined so you don't miss out on new episodes. Please also rate and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Impact Reimagined is produced by the Rutgers Institute for Corporate Social Innovation and Human Group Media. If you want to learn more about our work at Rutgers, visit rixi.business.rutgers.edu.